everyone. Welcome back to the voice of Dr. Yan, and I am your host, Dr. Liman Yan. This week again, we have another special guest with us, who's the、uh, founder and also president of Lopez Liberty LLC, Miss Claire Lopez. She has very extensive knowledge in the geopolitical situation in his career in the、uh, past decades, and.、Uh, He has been studying about the Chinese bioweapon program and also, especially, the origin of COVID nineteen since the、uh, beginning of the pandemic. And he, of course, he had a lot of、uh, knowledge, and he wants to share with our audience. And right before this broadcast,、uh, Miss Claire Lopez,、uh, first she has.、Uh, Article published.、Uh, I'm the I'm so lucky. I'm the co-author、uh, with her about the Chinese、um, this unrestricted tactics and the Chinese Communist Party's go thinking、uh, on her blog before. And recently, she was invited by、uh, Doctor Robert Malone to publish another article on Malone's column, and which is uh, I mean just.、Uh, Introduce it to you, which you can read it、uh, from Dr. Malone's st-、uh, Substack、uh, that blog. And the name is the title is Long History of China's CCP and Bio Warfare.、Uh, Miss Lopez, so I'm so happy that you can、uh, be my guest in my broadcast to share your opinions. And may I know that why do you start Study the Chinese Communist Party and the bio weapon program in communist China. What's your motive initially? Well, thank you, Dr. Yan. It's so good to be with you. Thank you for the invitation to join you on the program. I do appreciate it.、Um, and I would say that、um, back in、uh, early 2020,、uh, I was、uh, the senior vice president for research and analysis at the Center for Security Policy. A think tank, national security think tank in Washington D.C., and it happens that a couple of years before that, I think it was 2018.、Uh, that is the first time that I read "Unrestricted Warfare," this military manual written by two Chinese colonels in the PLA, People's Liberation Army. And at the time in 2018, I had brought that to the attention、uh, of our of our colleagues at uh, CSP, uh, but they weren't interested at all. They they didn't want to follow up. They didn't want to talk about it. And so I continued my own study because I thought it was important. And、uh, I I was、um, looking to find more sources、um, and authors and experts to read. And and that's what really started me、um, to to、uh, study China, which had not been an area of expertise for me earlier. The Middle East had been, for example,、uh, but never China before.、Um, but after reading Unrestricted Warfare,、uh, I did want to learn more. And so on my own, because CSP wasn't interested, I, I couldn't interest them in the topic at all. So I did it on my own. Um, and then, of course, two years later, in January of 2020, when、um, we here in the West, anyway, first learned of the outbreak of SARS-CoV-2,、uh, 
um, I realized immediately the connection uh, to the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army because of the studying that I had been doing. And wow. um, so I, again, brought this to the attention of our staff members at CSP. And once again, they were not even slightly interested. I didn't know what to do. Um, so what I did do is in January of 2020, I wrote my very first piece about this virus outbreak. And I think, I believe if I remember right, it was published at Newsmax. I have a blog site at Newsmax. It's published there. And then we cross posted it at the CSP website too. But I could not interest in them. I, I couldn't get them interested. So I continued my own study because now I realized we had a very serious situation developing uh, in the world. And I knew that it would be coming to the United States as well. Um, and um, so that that is what started me on this quest to learn more uh, about the Chinese biological weapons program, the civilian military fusion between the CCP and the PLA. Uh, and I was fortunate to um, either be introduced to or, or to read books by a number of, of wonderful experts, uh, Michael Pillsbury at Hudson Institute, retired General Robert Spaulding, um, Stephen Mosher. I know I'm skipping a bunch that I have read, but um, I'll start with those in any case. And that's uh, how I learned until I was uh, fortunate enough, uh, Li Meng, to be able to meet up with you. Oh, thank uh, you. And Luda later that year in 2020. So, Miss Kaya, uh, could you let our audience know a little bit that why initially, now according to your understanding, why initially when you try to warn the people around you that the pandemic uh, would be initiated from the CCP's bioweapon program, but no much response as you expected. But now we know, you say, a majority of Americans, they start to realize this is artificial, and also they call for the thorough investigation. And I have seen quite a, month, a big of percentage of Americans already realize this should be the bioweapon from China against the world. So could you let us know that what's your idea about people's change? Why initially Americans seems has no idea and didn't even believe that, but now they changed the idea? You know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm baffled uh, still to this day why when I first in January of 2020 tried to bring this subject up, there was no interest. Now, later on, there was interest, yes, but at the very beginning, there was not. Um, but I, I will tell you that one of the first people and another book author, by the way, um, who helped me to understand what was going on is Bill Gertz, uh, who writes for The Washington Times. And um, it was uh, one of his articles in January of 2020 that really kind of poked me to realize, oh, this, this is something going to be very serious. And he's such an expert on all kinds of national security uh, issues. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough to know him, but I, um, I read his article and it was from that uh, that I, I really understood. Uh, I understood that this was something serious, but I, I, I couldn't. I mean, to this day, I don't know why 
the Center for Security Policy was not interested in January of 2020. It's such a small word, Miss uh, Office. Actually, I also uh, know uh, Mr. Bill Gus has uh, not at that time after I mm-hmm. yeah. stayed. And actually, his paper at that time in January, the one you read and inspired you, is based on my evidence I provided to Luda and oh. Luda passed to him. Oh. And I did not so, know that part of it. He definitely he has also done his own research based on evidence. He has yeah. to verify yeah. it. But it happened right after that. So that means basically from the beginning, people like you and me who are vigilant about CCP's bioweapon program can immediately realize that something wrong happened in China. And we need to know what happened. So I... Yes by accident get appointed at that time, right, uh, by my supervisor to get to know it. And after that, just within several weeks, I passed it to Mr. Luder, and then he based in US and deliver it to the intelligence community and people like you already prepared. You, you have this knowledge before that, so you can immediately realize something wrong, although China blocked all the information at that time. And you become the very initial power in the United States to warn people, to wake people up about the nature of the pandemic, right? Yes, well, I I really should give credit um, to one other group, and uh, that is the Epoch Times. Oh, yes. Uh, Early in 2020, I forget if it was about um, maybe March, if I remember right, of 2020, uh, Joshua Phillips, who's an excellent investigative journalist and an interviewer at Epoch Times, um, he led um, the production of a documentary film, which I'm sure you've seen. Oh, yes. um, About the origins of uh, this uh, virus outbreak. And I saw that video in whatever month that was. I think I remember it being March um, of 2020. And that also really helped to inform me and interest me uh, to to search further. And and from that point onwards, I was looking for um, the scientific uh, research papers that have been published. And I have to say, I am very, very happy that my native language is English. I would not want to have to learn English. It's a very hard language, but um, (laughs) the papers are mostly published um, in English, uh, the scientific journals, for example. And I started reading those and I didn't understand everything. I have no medical background myself. I'm I'm not a scientist or a researcher uh, in in medicine in any way, but by reading more and more, uh, I got to understand more and more. And uh, so to this day, I'm, I'm still reading scientific papers, including your own, uh, Li Meng, which um, helped you. me to understand uh, even more about this virus. Thank you. I, I Actually, I really appreciate your capacity of learning the new knowledge. Like, I know you try to understand the virology, vaccine, and also more than that, through the article, sometimes you will come to discuss with me and also I learned a lot from you too and I know you you have learned multiple languages and you are still learning the new language so this is really amazing I 
I believe that is a capacity which make you can quickly understand what happened and also pursue the uh on the further investigation, the further uh, the to want to reach the bottom of mm -hmm. the pandemic during the past almost three years. And I know you keep working on that. So let's go to the article you published recently on Dr. Robert Malone's claim. You use the biological warfare, biowarfare as a title. And as we know that the Senate report led by Senator uh, Richard Byrne and also the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and uh, Pensions, they have already changed the very significant word of the origin of COVID from accident before to the incident now. Mm -hmm. And as I said, this is a very great progress because they start to move to the next question, whether it was intentional or not. And I also retweet your comment on this report. You have given a very sharp question that is there clues that no one can realize it is bioweapon program? I remember this is not exactly the word you talked, but this is definitely what you mean at that time. So I want to get your opinions and I will share with our audience that what do you think about the Senate report and what do you think about the further investigation? Why no one mentioned bioweapon program yet? Or will they push the investigation towards the right direction? And do you believe they finally can understand this is actually come from CCP's unrestricted bioweapon program or not? Well, I have to admit that I have not yet read um, the uh, the uh, committee report coming out of Congress. I have it, um, but I have a slight problem. Um, my printer uh, recently died, and uh, yeah. so I haven't been able to print anything in a couple of days. It's at the shop uh, getting fixed right now. So I, I admit that I have not yet read the report, but I have read summaries about it. Yes. Um, and I take your point that there seems to be at least some movement. And again, understand this is uh, from the it is a minority uh, report out of Congress, as the Republicans uh, at this point uh, do not have uh, the majority. So this was a report by the minority uh, mm -hmm. of, of the committee in in the House of Representatives. But the progress is notable. And I, I was just looking for an article, another article that I posted. Um, again, I think it was back in uh, 2020. I, I haven't laid my hands on it immediately right here, but um, I think 2020, and it was at, again, um, my Newsmax blog. Uh -huh. And uh, the, the point of the article and the headline of the article was, it's not about where the virus escaped from, it's about where the virus was developed in the first place. Now, the the congressional report hasn't really addressed that to my understanding, not yet. I think, I hope, uh, maybe they're headed in that direction and with a change um, 
in majority in the House of Representatives after our midterm elections yesterday. Expected. <laughs> we, uh, expected. Um, we know that there are um, members of Congress, Senator Rand Paul uh, being in the Senate. Now we're waiting on the Senate, but uh, he is one. Um, but others who, who will open hearings and hold inquiries about this topic. We know that that's what they're planning to do. Uh, as soon as the majority is assured. But but the point here um, is that people finally are beginning to talk about where the virus escaped from, whether deliberately or somehow by accident with poor safety protocols, let's say. That is still a question mark, but at least they're moving away from the natural origin story Oh, uh, yeah. which has been absolutely proven to be fake, false, made up entirely with no basis in fact. And they're realizing that one way or another, SARS-CoV-2 came out of a laboratory. Now, whether it's a laboratory at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, or as I think, and perhaps you do too, uh, that, that it was originally developed in one or more of the PLA's military biowarfare labs. That's what I think. Um, that question is still open. Um, but uh, I, had the, I had the great good fortune uh, to be able to meet Dr. Robert Malone in person about two weeks ago. And um, he invited me, as you say, he invited me to uh, guest write uh, an essay for his Substack that he publishes on a regular basis just about yeah. every day. And um, and so that was that was where this piece came from that you cited. It, it was published on October 31st uh, this year, 2022, and it's called "The Long History of China's CCP uh, and uh, Let's See Biowarfare Program." And um, I wanted to explain uh, to to the regular audience, not not a scientific audience or you know a a, a medical audience per se. Um, but where uh, China's biowarfare program comes from, and that was the first article, I plan to do more, um, and, and what what is it? What is it comprised of? And, and so this piece that I wrote is a bit of history, and uh, it, it, it describes the origins of the Chinese Communist Party, PLA, Joint Civilian Military Fusion, a bio warfare program because again, as you say, practically nobody talks about this. Practically nobody. A couple of very um, excellent members of our Congress, Senate and and House sides. They it do. was like the political incorrect, right? <laughs> Something like that. It's just avoided. It's just avoided as a topic, and I couldn't understand why. Um, you know the fact that China has an unrestricted warfare uh, military agenda, and that in that book from 1999, the, um, <clears throat> the military manual openly explains uh, that biochemical warfare is part of their military arsenal. They make no secret about it. Uh, the fact, um, and I explain this in the article, uh, that other documents have come forth uh, in years since 1999, um, 
And they're very open documents, uh, very openly explaining that biological warfare is part of the Chinese arsenal. This is taken for granted by the Chinese, but for some reason over here, people are squeamish to even mention it. And I, I just, I don't know why, because this is completely in the open source public domain. Yes. I, actually, I was very surprised when I tell people this is weaponized from the People's Liberation Army and combined with civilian scientists in China. And this is actually part of the Xi Jinping's national strategy. And it was described in multiple documents from People's Liberation Army. Some of them I have already provided the original copy to the intelligence community and the media. However, we still cannot see the very strong voice on, I mean, on media, especially mainstream media, I mean, to even touch this topic. Yeah. However, if we go back to say, as you said, start from the history of Chinese Communist Party, which is long, but not that long, right? Just we can talk, like as you mentioned, from Chairman Mao's period was in the 1949 from that time. And then in the next 70 years until now, we can see a lot of evidence in the history, which is not the secret to explain how they developed the bioweapon and using the unrestricted tacti uh, tactics to make it very, uh, how to say, the cunning way, in a very cunning mm -hmm. way to avoid the accountability. And as I just want to quote some of your words in this article before uh, explain it. Uh, when you mentioned me, you said Dr. Li Yan's mission since then have been to warn America and the world about the Chinese Communist Party's offensive biological warfare program. That program, a seamlessly linked effort directly by the CCP in collaboration with the People's Liberation Army, dates back to Mao's 1949 takeover of China. In the wake of World War II, Japan's horrifying use of bioweapons against the Chinese people became known to the world. And you already connected it to the very beginning of Chinese Communist Party's bioweapon program. And you mentioned that it is based on the Japanese army's bioweapon program left over in China. And could you explain more from that time to our audience about the establishment of CCP's biowarfare uh, program? Yes, so um, as, as people may know, uh, during World War II, Japan invaded China and very brutally occupied large parts of it. And in Manchuria, established what is called Unit 731. 731 uh, was a biological weapons program run by the Japanese army and used in horrible experiments and attacks against the Chinese people. And after World War II, uh, when, as we said, Mao took over China in 1949, the Japanese were defeated and expelled out of China 
But Mao did not get rid of the program, of the bioweapons program from Unit 731. Instead, he took it over and developed it further, even keeping, uh, as I think you told me, Li Meng, keeping some of the Japanese scientists yes. to help develop his own CCP PLA uh, bioweapons program. And just so people know what we're talking about, we're talking about some of the most dangerous and lethal um, biological agents known to man. Think about anthrax, Ebola, plague, smallpox, West Nile virus, and of course the entire family of coronaviruses. This is what we're talking about being weaponized. Now, the Chinese Communist Party at that time in the early years of the CCP um, also received assistance in such programs from the then Soviet Union, because yes. the Soviet Union had a very developed and advanced uh, uh, offensive biological weapons program that we learned about later when some defectors came out of the Soviet Union. And one of them, uh, Kenyatin Alibekov, or Ken Alibek, as he calls himself, wrote a book called um, uh, well, right, right here, um, oh, there it is. it's on my shelf. I'm looking biohazard biohazard was the name uh -huh. of that book. But the point here that, uh, the Soviet union also helped Mao to begin and develop, uh, his biowarfare program. So that went on uh, and continues to this day. And it's collaboration between the CCP and the PLA. Yes, so as we know that there are a lot of uh, historic, uh, this kind of events happen, like after World War II, hand over the Japanese army's facility and also some Japanese scientists. And later on, Soviet unit helped J uh, Chairman Mao and also until the collapse of Soviet Union, also some of the scientists came to China and got very good treatment and China basically hosted them and learned learn their knowledge and developing the Chinese Communist Party's unrestricted uh, programs, including the bioweapon program. So uh, now we need to have a short break. And so we will come back and continue this topic after a very short while of the advertisement. And then we will keep going on the topic on the bioweapon program. And thank you, our audience. See you in a very short while. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action 
and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. And this is the second section of the broadcast this week. And here I'm still with our special guest, Miss Claire Lopez, to talk about the Chinese Communist Party's bioweapon program and its history. So we have just talked about that Chairman Mao Zedong took over, took over the Japanese Army's bioweapon program, uh, whatever the scientists or the facilities uh, in China after the World War II, and they didn't abandon the bioweapon development. Instead, they started to develop their own bioweapons, and later on, under the help from the Soviet Union, and CCP has a very uh, kind of great development in their bioweapon uh, program. And also, actually, this although they developed it, they never stopped it, However, they kind of keep it in a secret status because initially when China established, uh, basically Chairman Mao was in a short period, he started to block China. So the foreign media and also intelligence community basically can only get very few information from China. It's like what happened to the North Korea now. However, after the Culture revolution, especially when China and America make the new uh relationship in nineteen mid of nineteen seventies, the China start to open, and there are more and more foreign uh journalists or the officials and also business people came to China, and then the communication between Chinese Communist Party and the world and the America, the United States become more and more. However, from that time to now, it's over 40 years. It seems even until recently, no government is uh, aware of Chinese Communist Party's ongoing bioweapon program. And also, they seems not understand Chinese Communist Party's unrestricted tactics. Right, as you always mention, uh, Mr. Lopez, you mentioned that uh, there was a famous speech called Chi Haotian speech given by the general Chi Haotian of Chinese Communist Party in 1990s. And you said that, that was a very, uh, how to say, the very shocking speech which demonstrates CCP's uh, motive and their ideas uh, to further destroy the 
Western civilization and especially the United States, right? So could you let our audience know more about what you learned from that Chi Hao Tian speech at the end of 1990s? Yes. So um, in the beginning, when the speech was first given uh, by this very senior military official in the Chinese regime, uh, it was not public. It was not known to the West or, or other places. Uh, but later on, somehow it became leaked. It got out, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, in the September 2019 um, issue of his blog site, my very good friend and uh, very astute um, analyst and observer of communism, uh, Russian, Chinese, posted an English language translation of the secret speech of Chi Haotian. And this was in September of 2019 at his blog site. I think the date was September 11, as a matter of fact, 2019. On his blog site, Jeff Nyquist is his name. And uh, so you can look that up if, if anybody be interested. But in short, um, this secret speech talked about um, a very aggressive offensive uh, program and um, strategy of the Chinese Communist Party and the PLA uh, to overtake and to defeat and to dominate the West and in particular the United States of America. And among uh, the different strategies that, that were, were talked about in this speech, the secret speech of Chi Haotian, they uh, printed, Jeff uh, Nyquist uh, posted um, the English language, and uh, he, uh, in the speech, talked about using biological weapons very clearly, unmistakably. Uh, He's talking about using biological weapons in an offensive way. Now, I should add, maybe here, that China, like the United States and Russia and many, many other countries around the world, China is a signatory to the Biological Weapons Convention. I think since 1984, if I remember the date right. And although the organization does not really have much power of enforcement, those who sign it agree, at least uh, you know, in writing, uh, by acceding to this treaty, that they will not um, develop or maintain a, an offensive biological weapons program. Well, that doesn't seem to matter very much for China. And in the secret speech, Chi uh, Haotian talks about using biological weapons to, as he says, clean up America. Uh, and by that, he meant that uh, at the time when China's population was thought still to be expanding, whereas now we know that it is shrinking, shrinking very rapidly, mostly because of the one child policy for so many years that murdered so many female babies. But at the time, um, the thought was that China needed what he called in the speech Lebensraum. Now, of course, that's German. Lebensraum means living speech, uh, living, living space, means living space. And it is a term uh, that comes to us from Nazi Germany way back in the 1930s 
when it was taking over countries in Europe and saying that the German people needed Lebensraum, more living space. That's where it comes from. That's the term that Chi Haotian used in his speech. Um, so this is very sobering. This is very um, open um, speech. It, 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 it's not mincing words in, in any way. Uh, but I don't know that any of our American senior national security people have ever seen this speech unless they read Jeff Nyquist's blog, which they should, by the way. Yes. Um, but I, I have never seen any reference to this speech by anyone in a senior rank of the United States national security, a government or military. Actually, I really think to invite Jeff Nyquist uh, in the next or the next. You year. should. You really should. Yes, He'd be yes. a great guest. Yes. Because I, since you introduced him to me and we had very good conversations, and I really appreciate his deep and sharp insights about China and, of, of course, uh, Soviet Union's history and their problems. Yes, he's a very mm -hmm. great researcher about this. China-Russian issues. And you have already mentioned the Bao Weapon Convention. Actually, now we know that Chinese Communist Party doesn't care any convention or no, whatever no. agreement, the statement, right? When they need it, it's legal, it's useful. You have to insist on that. When they don't like it, then basically this is something, a piece of the wasted paper. A piece of paper, they do what they want. Yes, like the toilet paper, they just throw it around. Yes, and yes. Uh, I, yeah. so when we talk about bioweapon convention, this is also another big issue. I, I think we we can discuss about it with our audience because people always ask, and uh, when I talk to them, they also ask me, since there is bioweapon convention, why there is no response about uh, the pandemic? Right, so these countries who signed the convention, they have their own expert team, and according to the uh their their conference records, there should be a lot of observers, which has international uh, organizations and sponsored by, especially the United States, like WHO or like the uh, Red Cross or this kind of organization. So they should actually recognize the nature of the pandemic even earlier than majority of people. However, it's totally reversed until now. And WHO yeah. still sits there. Dr. Tedros and other experts still insist most probably this should be the nature origin. Although they know now, basically yeah. people know they're lying, but they still try to show you their... Uh, authorities and to force you to believe this kind of ridiculous theory, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, th there are a couple of things. First, about the Biological Weapons Convention, its only means for enforcement is that uh, one or more of the member signatories would take a complaint, let's say, to the United Nations Security Council. Well, both Russia and China are members of the Security Council, which means that any such complaint would go nowhere. Exactly. 
So that's first. But then secondly, just as you were you were saying, Li Meng, that um, at the top levels of many international agencies and organizations like the WHO, World Health Organization, which is an organization of the United Nations, um, it's very much under the influence of the Chinese. And the Secretary General of the WHO, uh, Dr. Gabriesus Adanon Tedros, is um, an Ethiopian, uh, formerly a senior member of the Tigray People's Liberation Army, which is a communist Chinese-sponsored um, uh, organization, uh, revolutionary organization, separatist organization um, in Ethiopia. Yes. That's where he comes from. That's his background. Uh, the leader, the secretary general of the WHO. So if we are wondering why we are not getting any solutions from the WHO, that maybe just could be a part of it. Um, and then, and then finally, I would say that at top levels of, of the world, um, there is, and I think people may not understand this completely, but there is a, um, what would you say? There, there are linkages, there, there are connections among uh, not just United Nations top level organizations and their leadership, but nation states like China, like Russia, the top levels of scientists and researchers from laboratories all over the world. And very importantly, uh, in this mix uh, come the philanthropists of the world. That is the top donors, foundations, and their leaderships, like a Bill Gates, like a Ford Foundation, a Rockefeller Foundation, a Tides Foundation, a, a you know, Plowshares Foundation, all of these. So all of these exist and work together at a level that is, I would say, supranational, that is above the nation state level. But they are all linked together in commonality. And they are the ones who decide what experiments will be done, in which laboratories, what information will be allowed out, what information will not be allowed out. And I forgot one more connection, and that is to what we call big pharma. Big pharma means the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world, like Pfizer, like Moderna, like Johnson & Johnson, and others. And it's an incestuous mix. They all collaborate with one another uh, for various reasons. Some are personal, some are for profit, some are for, uh, uh, what would you say, publicity um, and, and, and self-promotion. But at that level, it is supra-national, above the national level. And, and that is where uh, we are having the difficulty I think in getting any true and honest answers about where this virus was developed, where it was tested, uh, and from where it got out one way or another. Exactly, as you mentioned, there are so much 
profits. It's like the spider's network, spider's world, the net. Mm -hmm. So yes. this network actually is layer by layer. I always tell people it's like to peel the onion one layer by another like uh, layer. So you you cannot easily touch the the funnel, the core of the onion because Chinese Communist Party has developed so much so many uh, layers of protections mm -hmm, mm -hmm. involved the business, the academic field, and the, uh, how to say, the government level, the international organizations to protect its uh, benefits. And actually, for example, what you mentioned just now, you mentioned WHO and Dr. Tedros, because we all know his background was Ethiopia communist. And as a person growing up in the communist regime, I can tell you, as a communist, you cannot quit. You cannot leave the party because this is beyond the mafia, that kind of organization, mm -hmm. very evil. If you want to quit, so okay, their principle is you. We allow you to get into our organization, communist organization, and if you already get to know how evil we are, and you already work with us to conduct a lot of bad things, now you want to quit. That means you betray mm. your organization, and you are not reliable at all. You are potential risk for the organization. So. That that I mean, they can hide their membership, and yes. they they can use many ways to explain it. However, the fundamental principle is you can't quit this identity. And also, who was before the Dr. Tedros as a WHO general secretary for over ten for almost ten years? She is the Chinese Canadian doctor from Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Margaret Chen. She became the general secretary of World Health Organization in 2006 or 2007. That is right the year after WHO was appointed as a special observer for bioweapon treaty and to conduct a bioweapon convention to surveillance others. And I have met Margaret Chen in my previous lab in the University of Hong Kong, the WHO reference lab. In that meeting, Margaret Chen told all of us in public that I appreciate the help from Chinese Communist Party government and also my supervisor, I mean, my previous supervisor, the director of the Hong Kong University WHO Reference Lab, Professor Margaret Chen, mm -hmm. uh, Professor Malik Paris. Mm -hmm. So Margaret Chen appreciate my prof uh, my supervisor said without CCP and also Malik's help, I cannot stay in that position. I cannot get promoted. Right. So that clearly show how important Chinese Communist Party and also my lab as international bridge behind the curtain to influence, to manipulate the WHO and also the to influence the bioweapon uh, treaties. And yes. also after that, we know Margaret Chen was uh, shot at hold, uh, holding the arm of Dr. Tedros 
and in the very public event to show how close they are. Mm -hmm. So one by one, they stay in that position and boom, suddenly <laughs> pandemic happened and they try to tell you this is from nature. Yeah. You need to get vaccines again, 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 again. And you need to learn from China, from Xi Jinping, even learn his zero COVID policy at that time. So this, I mean, people thought it is conspiracy in the beginning. They attack me. They definitely also would attack you at that time because you talk about bioweapon. But now, they, little by little, I see people realize, uh-huh, this is the fact. And also, like, when you talk about Bill Gates, actually, do you know Bill Gates is a foreign membership of Chinese Academy of Engineering? That yeah. is the Chinese Academic of Engineering and the Chinese Academy of Science are not just the academy <clears throat> as the United Academies. They are basically the organization for the scientists, <clears throat> experts in the advanced technology and recruited by China for the military civil fusion programs. Yeah, you know, I should mention here maybe, um, that it, it is not just among philanthropists or foundations like the Gates Foundation, uh, but the Chinese Communist Party has been very successful in penetrating our own United States public health agencies and organizations. And Peter Schweitzer, uh, who many people may know uh, from different interviews he's done on TV, but also the books that he's written, uh, in his most recent book, it was called Red Handed, and I think it was written in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, that's when it was published, I should say. Um, he talks about something called elite capture. And elite capture means that the CCP compromises the top people in various sectors of our society. So think about Wall Street, industry, think about Hollywood entertainment, think about sports, think about academia and government, obviously, and think about public health. And so we see the close connections once again at this top, top level uh, between figures like a Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, of the NIAID, National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, his relationship with Peter Daszak, the British uh, leader of an organization, a nonprofit called Eco Health Alliance, through which Dr. Anthony Fauci funneled millions of dollars to be distributed to other uh, research projects. And among those was the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Think about a Francis Collins, who until his re recent retirement at the end of December last year, 2021, was the director of the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, for many, many years. Well, did we know, and I only learned this from a, uh, a, a wonderful uh, Australian author, another book I'm going to mention to you, Sherry Markson is her name, M-A-R-K-S-O-N, yes. Sherry Markson wrote a book called What Really Happened in Wuhan. 
And it was in that book that I learned about the connection between Francis Collins and the Chinese Academy of Military Science. They concluded an agreement between the NIH and the Chinese Academy of Military Science, which is subordinate to the PLA. And together they supervise China's offensive biological weapons program. So Dr. Francis Collins, according to uh, Sherry Markson, investigative journalist from Australia, concluded an agreement essentially with China's biological weapons program in yeah. 2015. This is what I mean by elite capture and uh, how badly penetrated and co-opted our own public health institutions are. Yes, well, you mentioned Sherry. She did great work by writing that book and doing investigation. And actually, I'm so proud that the book she mentioned, the one document mentioned in the uh, from People's Liberation Army in her book as one of the fundamental evidence for her mm -hmm. book is the artificial bioweapon uh, the, uh, developed based on SARS-1. That document was actually me and my team discovered initially and passed the original copy to the intelligence communities uh, at the end in the uh, at the, uh, as early uh, at the very early uh, time of 2021 and mm -hmm. and sherry has done a very good job she based in australia you know australia is the one of the first uh, government basically the first government officially uh call for the accountability from chinese communist party for the uh, investigation of the covid19 pandemic and unfortunately that makes china very angry and somehow after the election this year, their attitude kind of changed. Now recently we hear that the government of Australia tried to reestablish the network, the relationship with communist China. And based on our intelligence that CCP has done a lot of things in America to change their election results this year because they were really fear of the investigation if it was conduct will be conducted by Australia government after that election. So that shows clearly this is a battlefield. So China is fighting with Western government, no matter Australia or the United States, to try to maintain their uh, stability and avoid of accountability. But I mean, we have already heard that Senator, uh, Ron Johnson, Rand Paul, and also mm -hmm. the Congressman uh, McCarthy. So many people, they have talked about after the midterm election, they are going to launch, especially GOP will work with other legislators uh, from Democratic Party to launch the investigation about the origin of COVID. And we now have just one minute left. Could you let our audience know your idea, opinion about the upcoming investigation uh, in the United States about the origin of COVID-19? Well, you know, I can only hope um, that the Republican Party here in the United States is able to secure a majority in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. 
We don't know that outcome just yet because many of the races are still not called. But we should know more in the next couple of days. But if that happens, then I'm very hopeful that we will see, um, at least in the House of Representatives, we will see um, committees, oversight committees, holding hearings and subpoenaing um, some of these top officials that at least uh, either are or were um, you know, at the head of our different agencies like the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, like Dr. Anthony Fauci at NIAID, like Francis Collins at NIH uh, and others, that they will be subpoenaed to come to Congress and testify um, sure. what they know, when they knew it, about this virus, where it came from, and what their role is. We didn't even mention this, but what their role was uh, through funding and collaboration in helping um, the Chinese uh, bioweaponeers, especially what they call Bat Lady, Xu Jing Li, right? <laughs> uh, and, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology to conduct gain of function experiments and research. Uh, yeah. That must all come out because that uh, dangerous research helped, very likely helped to produce, to develop uh, this very dangerous coronavirus uh, sure. bioweapon, the SARS-CoV-2. Sure, sure, sure. Thank you so much, Ms. Claire Lopez, and we hope we have more Thank time you. today, but we definitely want to talk with you later in my episode if you are available. And I will be you. very happy to come back. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you, my dear uh, audience. We will meet next time and the voice of Dr. Yang on America Out Loud Radio Network, Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. EST, also on the various of apps for free. Thank you.